certainly a privilege to be here this morning. Trust that you uh, <clears throat> realize the uh, blood-bought privilege that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ to be able to come together, to be built up a spiritual house, to worship, to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto the Lord, and to render praise unto Him. And our acceptance is through the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's only through Him we have access to the Father. And no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. That's going to be through His redemptive work of grace. It come, no one's going to go through Him and get hit to Him through prayer or anything else except through our mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> the uh, I had a subject on my mind. I trust that you would uh, be prayerful for me, and I trust that... Uh, Things on my mind are of the Lord. He blesses together. Um, uh, this is a very large subject, and we will just touch on a few things. I want to talk to you today about what the Bible has to say, some of the things the Bible has to say about salvation. Salvation. Now, you hear me say that. The first thing you're going to be thinking about is how that we're sinners, and if we're saved at all, we're saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're saved from the wrath to come, and we're going to live with the Lord in glory. That's probably what most of you thought when I said salvation. But I want to look at the doctrine or the uh, that the Bible has to say about salvation in a more general way, because I find among the Lord's people and a lot of different uh, groups of folks professing to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ across this country and across this world, that usually when you think of salvation, they think that all the salvation in the Bible is talking about our eternal salvation. All right? That there's one salvation taught in the Word of God, and it has to do with us being delivered and saved from hell and being saved to heaven. All right? Bible has a lot to say about that. But I'm going to try to talk to you today about understanding by the Word of God that there are different types of salvation taught in the Word of God. And if I think, or if you think, that the Bible only speaks of our eternal deliverance from sin and the wrath due us to be living with God in glory, we're not going to understand a lot of verses of the Bible and we're going to be very confused... When it comes to the idea of salvation, salvation means deliverance. Before I look and see that, I want to take some time, because this is really some of the ABCs, some simple things that is very important that God's people understand if we're going to understand the scriptures and what the Bible has to say about salvation, uh, our eternal salvation. Um, I can go through the Bible and I can look at different verses that have salvation in them. We all say salvation is by grace. Ephesians chapter 2, right? By grace are you saved. We're saved by grace. The Bible says we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. Alright? The Bible, once a person told me one time, they said, well, you know, we're, all, we're saved by grace. And I said, yeah, and we're saved by hope. And they said, no, we're not not saved by hope. I said, oh yes, we're saved by hope. Did you know the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, 24, for we are saved by hope? We're saved by hope. This book teaches that you're saved by hope. I can show you a passage over in uh, 1, Tim, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, that, uh, that uh, 
it says that Noah, let's just turn over there and read a little bit of that. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it talks about the, when the long suffering uh, of God came. It talks about, uh, I'm going to break into a verse here in verse 20, which sometimes we're talking about some people that were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Alright, the Bible teaches salvation by grace. It talks about being saved by hope. Here's a text that says you're saved by water. Noah and his family were saved by water. That text does not say that he was saved by the blood of Christ. This text says he was saved by water. And the text below that says, whereunto the like figure, whereas baptism doth also save us. You're also saved by baptism. And if you haven't been baptized today, then you're missing out on the salvation that comes with baptism. Alright? We got salvation by grace. We got salvation by hope. We got salvation by blood, uh, by, uh, uh, water. Here we have salvation by baptism. Are you confused yet? I'm glad you're not. You're saved by baptism. Alright, we're also saved by the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 5. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which you received, wherein you stand, and by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Here he says you're saved by the gospel if you keep those things in memory. Alright? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.13 also Acts 2.31. You remember that verse? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A lot of people read that text. <clears throat> call upon the name of the Lord to the saved and they believe that well that's the eternal salvation. You're born of the Spirit of God if you'll call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, if you weren't already born of the Spirit of God, you wouldn't be calling upon the name of the Lord. But I'll give you one more uh, uh, verse about that. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. I find a text over in uh, uh, Psalms chapter 18 verse 3. <clears throat> the psalmist says, I will call upon the Lord who is greatly, who is worthy to be praised and so shall I be saved from mine enemies. There's a salvation call upon the Lord where you're going to be saved, not with an eternal salvation, but be saved from your enemies. I find Jonah in the belly of a whale. He went and he called upon the name of the Lord in prayer and he said, Salvation is of the Lord and he got delivered out of the mouth of a whale onto the beach. You see? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. What kind of deliverance are we talking about? What kind of salvation are we talking about? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me give you one more. Go to Proverbs 28 verse 18. It says, Whoso walketh uprightly, whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved. You want, to, you want that to be the salvation of the new birth? How are you going to get the, is that salvation always eternal salvation, either the new birth or the death of Christ redeeming us from our sins? Some people read the text, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means, well, you're going to be born of the Spirit of God and have spiritual life. Well, let's let's go back to Proverbs 28. Let's make that eternal salvation. And what are you going to do? Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved. Is that teaching that you're going to be born again if you'll start walking uprightly? I hope I say thank you. 
Salvation is not by works. It's not by how we live. But rather, there's, a sal- there's salvation in walking uprightly. Alright? You say, what do you, what do you mean? I mean, I'm going to tell you there's different types of salvation. There are, there's eternal salvation is taught in the Bible, but also some temporal, timely deliverances and salvations are taught in the Bible. And if I don't understand and I don't try to rightly divide the word of truth, I'm going to be confused as Sonny, I mentioned Sonny Pauls this morning. I, I like hearing him. You'll be just confused as a termite and a yo-yo. Now some of you young folks may not, that, that, that illustration may not mean anything to you if you don't know what a yo-yo is. <clears throat> you know, it's like this little thing on, it's got a string and you, it goes down and goes up. And I, I, you know, <clears throat> they used to be made out of wood. You know, on a string, and you come up, you put it down, it spins, it comes back up, that's a yo-yo. Alright? And if you, and I guess with the illustration, you gotta know something about termites too, you know. God made a termite, he knows what's up, and he knows what's down. And he can go down in the ground, he can come up in your house. But he knows the direction that he needs to go. But if you just think of a, a termite and a yo-yo spinning around, you're gonna be confused. Anyway, if you ever hear that word, be as confused as a termite and a yo-yo, that's what it's talking about. He's not going to know what's, and he's, he's not going to know what's up, he's not going to know what's down. He's going up and down, he's just spinning around, he's going to be confused. And if we don't look at the, how the Bible uses the word salvation, we're going to be confused as that. Because the Bible teaches that we're saved by grace, we're saved by water, we're saved by uh, baptism, we're saved, uh, by hope. And uh, make it more complicated, we find over in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, it talks about a woman, says, Adam was not deceived, but the woman then being in the transgression was deceived. Nevertheless, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and with holiness and sobriety. That's talking about her children. Continuing to live in a certain way. It says she shall be saved in childbearing. Is that saying that every woman that ever bears a child is going to be saved to heaven? It says she shall be saved in childbearing. And that's dependent upon her how her children live. Whoa, what in the world? You go to first Corinthians chapter seven, about verse sixteen, it talks about a, a a believing wife saving an unbelieving husband. Knowest now not whether thou shalt save thy husband. O wife, shalt thou know if thou shalt save thy husband? O man, shalt thou know if thou shalt save thy wife? Well, it's got salvation in it, doesn't it? Oh, let me give you another one. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, after chapter 3, about verse 15, it talks about, uh, you know, that every man's work shall be tried to see what sort of it is it is. And he talks about our work shall be judged by fire. Let me turn over there. I couldn't quote that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If any man's work, verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Whoa. We have salvation by water, now we got salvation as by fire. What in the world is all that talking about? What do you mean saved as by fire? You're saved by water? You're saved by hope? Saved by grace? you saved by baptism? And let's throw one more thing into the mix. I find in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 11, the Lord says this, I 
even I am the Lord, and that's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which means Jehovah God. I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. How many Saviors are there? He says, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. How many Saviors? Just one, brother. But you know, I can go to Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 26 and I can find where God sent saviors, plural. Let's go there. <coughs> Nehemiah. <coughs> Nehemiah chapter 9. Verse 27, Therefore thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies. Let's start in verse 26. Nevertheless, they were disobedient. And what he's doing here, this is after the 70 years of Babylonian captivity, where the children of, of Judah, and they're coming back, and they're going to rebuild Jerusalem, the walls of Jerusalem. God blesses them to come back after that period of exile in captivity. And this is a time of revival. And they get up and they're confessing their sins of what God did. This is a little summary of history of what went on with their forefathers and them. It talks about in uh, <clears throat> verse 24 says, The children went in to possess the land. Thou subduedest them before the inhabitants of the land. You remember Joshua? He took them into the land of Canaan. They subdued all that land. They went up against those enemies and they inhabited the land. Do you know what remember, do you remember what happened after the book of Joshua? You read the book of Joshua, they went in and, in and inhabited that land, and they went to Jericho. They went to up to the east, they went, they went to the north and south, they took those cities from the Canaanites, and they lived in houses they didn't have to build, they, they harvested the crops they didn't have to plant, in that land flowing with milk and honey. And they were living in peace until what? Until they turned away from God and they adopted the idols of the land and the gods of the land and they went into idolatry. And do you remember what happened? When they went into idolatry, God sent judgment upon them in the form of the enemy taking them over. And you can read all about that in the book of Judges. Alright? Until, and they were in bondage to the Midianites until God raised up a Gideon. To come and deliver them out of the hand of the Midianites. And then, they, when they repented, they cried unto the Lord. God sent a judge and delivered them out from bondage. And they lived in peace. And you read over there for the judges. It says and they lived in peace for so, so many years. Usually till the judge died. And then what did they do? They corrupted themselves again. They turned away from God again. And what did God do again? He sent judgment and brought them into captivity to the different ites of the land. And God would raise up uh, uh, judges like a Othniel, like a Gideon, like a Samson, uh, Jephthah, uh, Deborah and Barak. These different judges that God would raise up to deliver them out. Alright? Do you know what God sent the judge? You know what the Word of God says? You know what the Word of God called them? He said God sent saviors. He called them saviors in this place. Because they were those which saved and delivered the children of Israel out of the bondage of the enemy. These were saviors. Do you know what a savior is? A savior is one who saves. 
A savior is one that saves. That's what the definition is. A savior saves. Alright, let's read it now. God brought him into this land. Verse 24. So the children went in and possessed the land, and thou subduedest them, thou subduedest before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings, the people, the lands, that they might do them as they would. And they took strong cities and fat, and a fat land, and possessed houses full of goods, Wells dig vineyards and olive yards and fruit trees in abundance. So they did eat and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in thy great goodness. That was the Lord's great goodness to them. Ah, what they did? Verse 26. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs. And they started doing their own thing. You know, that's the same thing we're tempted to do today. That's the same temptation we all have. Throw the Word of God, the law of God behind our backs and be conformed to the world. But anyway, they cast His laws behind their backs and they slew thy prophets which testified against them to turn them to thee, and they wrought great provocation. Therefore thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies who vexed them. And in the time of their trouble, when is this? In the time of their trouble, when they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and according to thy manifold mercies, thou gavest them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. When it says that He saved them out of the hand of their enemies, do you think He was talking about the new birth? No. Uh, do you think He wafted them off to glory? No. He delivered them with a temporal deliverance from the hand of their enemies. And he gave them saviors who saved them out of the hand of the enemies. If I don't understand that there's more than eternal salvation taught in this book, that's going to confuse me to no end. Especially when I get to the next verse. See, a lot of times we think salvation. Are you saved? Well, are you born again? Is there salvation? Are you going to get salvation? Are you going to get the new birth? We're focused on that. But if you read every scripture... What I've been trying to tell you to demonstrate to you, we're saved by hope, we're saved by baptism, knowing His group, we're saved by water. Salvation means deliverance. And we're going to focus on that just for a moment. But let me finish showing you the problem if we don't recognize that there's more than one type of deliverance taught in the Word of God. And if we think all salvation, when people are saved, that somehow that's the new birth, we got a big problem in the next verse because here's what it says. It says... <clears throat> Through thou manifold mercies, verse 27, thou gavest them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore leftest thou them in the hand of their enemies. Alright? See, there's the cycle starting over again. They turn away from God. And so they had dominion over them. Yet when they returned, that is, repented, and they cried unto God, God would send a deliverer and deliver them again. It says, Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and many times didst thou deliver them. 
according to thy mercies. Many times. Does that mean they were born again several times? Many times He delivered them. He saved them many times. That's not the new birth. You know good and well. Makes no sense. It says what they were saved from. The hand of their enemies. Hand of their enemies. And when we approach the Bible, so, so, you say, well, what, what's the answer? You know, Isaiah 43 verse 11 is true. He says, he says, I, I, even I am the Lord and beside me there is no Savior. Well, my friends, the Savior that gives us eternal salvation, He's the only one. I can show you, you say, well, He's, He saved these people too. He saved them with these judges. Is God doing the saving? Yeah, yeah, He did. He saved them through those men, but those men also saved them. Those men saved them from the hands of the enemy. You say, oh, give me chapter and verse. All right, let's do that. See, I don't know anything about it. Our thing I'm telling you is I got out of the Word of God. You understand that, right? You ought to study, uh, you know, search the Scriptures whether what I'm saying is true. Let's go look. Let's turn with me to Judges. Turn with me to Judges chapter uh, 6. Judges chapter 6. Pardon me. There was a man named Gideon. And uh, the angel of the Lord, verse 12, appeared unto him, saying, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Well, he wasn't a mighty man of valor yet, but he was going to be one, because the Lord was going to make him one. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, verse 13, If the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Things aren't going good. Well, because of, their, because of their sins. You know, it says, he says, where, and where be all the miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of the Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. See, they're in captivity to the Midianites. And the Lord, verse 14 is what I want, and the Lord looked upon him and said, who's speaking? It's the Lord. That's what, it, is that what it said? And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Anybody want, in the face of that scripture, would anybody like to tell me that Gideon wasn't going to save Israel from the hand of the Midianites on the strength of that text? I hope there's no takers. I mean, you're going to believe the word of God, right? The Lord said that Gideon, you, he says, thou shalt save Israel. He did save Israel. Now behind that, the Lord's using him to save Israel, but don't take that away. He was one who saved Israel. God did it through his hand. Alright? It's just like Paul was a minister by who the Corinthians believed, even as the Lord gave every man. And Paul says, therefore we are laborers together with God. See, God brings salvation, not His eternal salvation, but God can bring temporal deliverances through the use of, of others, through these instruments of men who are intricately involved in bringing about the salvation of the people. And Gideon was one. Alright? When it comes to eternal salvation, 
The Lord God of heaven is the only Savior. He's not. He, it's not that He does 85% and we do 15%. It's not a 95% you know, it's it's 5% you know, I, I, I'm delivered from the wrath to come, it is 5% me because I believed, I accepted, I did this, I did that. You know, he did 95% but I did something. No, salvation's of the Lord, 100%. When it comes to your eternal, eternal salvation, he says, I, even I am the Lord and beside me there's no Savior. There is no Gideon. When it comes to your eternal salvation, there's no Apostle Paul. There's no Timothy. There's nobody else but Jehovah God manifest in the flesh. He gets all the glory because salvation, eternal salvation is 100% what God does for poor, unworthy sinners. Christ died for us. We didn't help Him. When He had by Himself purged our sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And then God comes and He speaks and you live. And you're sanctified. And God uh, uh, he's going to take you home one day. And no one's going to be up there on the right hand of the majesty on high saying, well, you know, I'm here because, you know, I know the Lord did, you know, He did most of it, but I, I, I did some of it too. And the reason, reason I'm here, I guarantee you, there's no one. There may be people here right now who think that they had a little bit of something to do with them going to heaven. I'm going to tell you what, that's not a permanent condition. If they're one of the Lord's people. Because they get up there, they're going to know better. They're going to know exactly why they're there. And it's 100% because God looked down and had mercy upon them and saved them from their sins. Alright? I and I am the Lord. Beside me, there's no Savior. He's 100% of all of it. He doesn't use a Gideon. But in temporal deliverances, He can use a Gideon. To bring about a temporal deliverance or salvation. You know what? He can also use you to save folks. Did you know that? We're talking about salvation this morning, aren't we? Go to James chapter 5 verse 19. Brethren, if one of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he that converteth the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sin. This book calls it talks about soul saving. And you and I can do some of that. That is not an eternal soul saving text, by the way. And Lord willing, I'll get back to that text in a minute. But let's look first. I want us to focus and be sure we understand. So I'm going to slow down a little bit and we're going to look at some scriptures together. Because it's highly important when we talk about the subject of salvation, that there is an eternal salvation and deliverance that takes me from hell and gives me heaven. And that's completely 100% of the Lord. Amen. Alright? There are some temporal deliverances. There are some temporal deliverances or timely deliverances, non-eternal deliverances, whatever you want to call them. I don't really care other than you don't, you understand that not everything's talking about us with an eternal salvation of being saved from the wrath to come into glory. That's not all the salvation that the Bible teaches. And some of these scriptures I've already quoted carries that idea. But it's important for us to understand that the word salvation primarily means deliverance. When I come across in my study of deliverance and salvation, if I see the word delivered, 
I see the word salvation. Those things go together. And I need to think, all right, in the context, what are we being delivered from? All right? What are we being delivered from? It's not always talking about hell. You see. I mean, you go to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 8. And you'll find Jesus and the apostles on a ship and there's a great tremendous storm and the waves are covering the ship. I mean, it's about to go down and Jesus is sleeping in the bottom and they go to there and says, Lord, save or we perish. You know, when they said save, they weren't talking about hell. They were talking about being saved from shipwreck. And when they say perish, they weren't talking about the flames of hell. They were talking about being drowned. Lord save or we perish. Alright? Alright, so let's let's look. I said we're going to look at the word. Let's look. <clears throat> salvation means deliverance. Deliverance means salvation. Let's turn, uh, I already mentioned uh, John uh, um, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, also Acts chapter 2, verse 31. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A lot of people know that verse, right? As it is written, you know that's written somewhere else? It's written over in the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 32. And do you know what it says over there? Let's turn. I'm going to give you time to turn over there. Amos, Obadiah, uh, see, uh, Joel, Hosea, Joel. That's the second of the minor prophets. You know, just, just turn to, uh, the book of Daniel and then go two books over. Alright? I believe that's right. <coughs> I hope I said that right. You go to Daniel. You go through Hosea and you get to Joel. Alright, on the day of Pentecost, when the Apostle Peter's over there, he, he quotes from the book of Joel. And at the end of this quotation, he says, And as many shall call, and, the, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what it says in, in Joel? It says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Delivered. Here in Joel chapter, Joel chapter, what did I say? Two? Is, I think it's two. No. Uh, yeah, it's 232 through 32. I may have said the wrong verse. It's 232 of Joel. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Alright, in the Old Testament he says delivered. In the New Testament he says saved. You say, what's the difference? Well, not much. Because salvation means deliverance. Deliverance means salvation. And so when we're studying the Word of God to try to rightly divide the Word of truth, it's important to look at the context and see what kind of salvation or deliverance is under context when we try to study the subject of salvation. Alright? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. In the New Testament it says saved. Saved and delivered is the same thing. I turn with me to uh, Psalms chapter one, uh, Psalms 107. Psalms 107. We begin looking here in Psalms 107. There's a uh, verse that kind of repeats itself. We'll start looking here in verse 6. It says, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. It says, He, he delivered them out of their distresses. 
You look at verse 13, it's the same exact verse. Instead of saying delivered, it says saved. Let's read it. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of all their distresses. Well, I wonder which one it is. Did He deliver them out of all their distresses? Or did He save them out of all their distresses? Yes, He did. Salvation is deliverance. Deliverance is salvation. And if you look in verse... I think there's a, a another one here where he says, verse 19, Then they cry unto him in their trouble, and the Lord saveth them out of their distresses. One place he says, uh, <clears throat> delivered. The other place he says, saved. Saved. And do you know that in the Bible, a del- let's go back to the judges. Remember, he, he made them saviors. Uh, if you're taking notes, you want to go look in 2 Kings chapter 13 verse 5, you'll also find another Savior that's named that God sent to deliver the children of Israel. Another Savior in the days of the kings. God sent a Savior. He sent saviors that were called judges. They're also called saviors. You know why? Because they were saved. They saved. They delivered. Gideon delivered out of the hand of the Ammonites. He delivered and saved Israel. God said he'd do that and he did. Yes. He didn't do that apart from God. God's direction, God's blessing, but yet he stood up and he saved those folks. He was a great military man. You say, how great was he? Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> he was a military man, but you remember the, the battle was the Lord's. And I don't, I'm, I'm tempted to go off into Gideon's experience where they had too many people. Thought that maybe they get the credit, you know, and they ended, they reduced it down to about, about 300 armed men to take the enemy. Alright? And basically they just surround them. They had those pitchers and, and they broke it and, and the Midians, Mennonites basically were confused and killed all themselves. And then they, then Gideon and took off after the rest of them. And he wrought salvation in Israel that day. Alright? Through the Lord, yeah. But he saved Israel. Do you know what those judges were also called? Um, they were called, uh, let's turn with me real quick to, uh, Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. I'm, uh, actually chapter 3 is what I want. And it says in verse 8, The anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and He sold them under the hand of Cushasherithim, king of Mesopotamia, and the children of Israel served Cushasherithim eight years. And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer, a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them. Delivered them. My center column when it says He raised up a deliverer, my, that, that word deliverer can also be rendered Savior. I don't know what your center column says. My center column says Savior. Because a Savior is a deliverer. And Moses is called a deliverer. In Acts chapter 7, about verse, I don't remember, 25 or something like that. Talks about Moses, the deliverer. Moses was a Savior. But Moses only saved them with the temporal deliverance. Often he only saved with the temporal deliverance. Not with an eternal salvation. Same thing happened to Othniel. Uh, anyway, he was a deliverer. He was a savior. Alright, let's go, let's go one more place. We're seeing 
in the scriptures, how the script, how God uses scriptures, that a savior is a deliverer and salvation is deliverance, according to the word of God. All right, all right. Let's turn with me to Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three. This is when Moses was there at the burning bush, and the Lord sent him to be a deliverer. I'll use that word. To be a deliverer and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And God was going to send ten mighty plagues and deliver them out of Egypt. But let's listen to what God told Moses. Here in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. And I am come down to what? To deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of that land unto a good land. Alright? So why did he come down? The text says he came down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. He's not coming down to take them with them off to glory and give them harps of gold, is he? No. He's not coming down to give them a new birth and give them eternal life where they have an eternal standing and right to glory. No. He came down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians. So Moses went into Egypt and through a series of events and God sent ten mighty plagues whereas Pharaoh was loath to let them go at first. He was ready to get rid of them after the Lord got done with him. Those ten mighty plagues, they said, go, take everything you got and go. Besides that, here's all the gold and silver you can carry. Just go! So they went. And they got to the Red Sea. And through the hardness of Pharaoh's heart, he came out pursuing after, after him again. Had him pinned down between Migdal and the sea. Had him right there. And they cried out, God, you know, you brought us out here to be destroyed. You remember they murmured and complained? They forgot God. They forgot that God had delivered them. They forgot about the ten mighty plagues. We do the same thing. We become complainers when we forget that the Lord's leading us down the journey of our life. They started complaining. He says, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. He put forth the rod. God parted the waters. And the Bible says they congealed. You know what a congealed salad is? It's fermented. That's right. Those waters congealed and stood on either side. They went through dry shod. They got to the other side. The pillar of fire, which was preventing the Egyptians from falling, went away and they came down into the sea. All the Pharaoh and all his hosts in the sea. And God destroyed them. The horse and the rider in the sea delivered Israel, saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. Alright, let's read them here in Exodus chapter 14. It says, and thus, verse 30, and thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. He saved them that day. Does that mean, I'll say it again, does that mean that He wafted them off to heaven and gave them harps of gold? You know that's not true. They weren't saved to heaven that day. 
The Lord Jesus Christ didn't die for them that day. They weren't born of the Spirit of God that day because that was, they weren't saved with an eternal salvation. They were saved with, an, with a timely, uh, temporal, non-eternal deliverance. You call it what you want. He saved Israel that day. There's a now salvation right there that day. He saved them. What? From the hand of the Egyptians. You remember what he told Moses there at the bush? I've come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians. Well, did he deliver them or did he save them from the hand of the Egyptians? This says he saved them that day from the hand of the Egyptians. He told Moses, I've come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians. Well, it's the same thing. A deliverance is salvation. Salvation is deliverance. He says there in 3.8, I'm come to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Here in verse 14.13, he says God saved Israel that day. Saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. If you go to Exodus chapter 18, where Moses is talking to a father-in-law Jethro, it said, Jethro says in verse 9, Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now he's talking about delivering them out of the hand of the Egyptians. It's the same thing. Right? Exodus chapter 3, he says, delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. 1430, he says, he saved them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now in Exodus 18, he says, he delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And if you want to go to a commentary about all this, in uh, Psalm chapter 106, verse 10, it says that he saved them out of the hand of their enemies. Back and forth. He saved them, He delivered them. He saved them, He delivered them out of the hand of the enemies. It all means the same thing. Salvation is deliverance, and deliverance is salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They'll also be delivered because salvation is deliverance. Salvation is deliverance. And we can be delivered from a lot of different things that has nothing to do with us going to heaven. All right? And he delivered them many times. It didn't mean, you know, many times thou didst deliver them. He didn't take them to heaven over and over and over, did he? No. He didn't give them a new birth over and over and over, did he? No. Christ didn't die on the cross for them over and over and over, did he? No. There's temporal deliverance that's taught in the Bible. And I know these people didn't go to heaven because I can look in Exodus chapter 15 and I find them still here on earth. And they're singing the song of Moses. Then sang the song of Moses, the children of God, this song unto the Lord, spake, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider he hath thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, he has become my salvation, he is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. He's a man of war. They're praising and extolling God for temporal deliverance across the Red Sea, and that the Egyptians were dead upon the seashore. He delivered them from their enemies. This is a temporal, whatever you want to call it, deliverance. Not all deliverance in the Bible is talking about eternal salvation. And I'm going to tell you, when we get up into heaven, we're going to know that. Just like people who may think they're getting to heaven on their works, they're going to get up there, they're going to know better. Do you know what I find over in in Revelation chapter 15, about verse 2 and 3, it talks about that John saw a sea of glass mingled with fire. And he saw a group of folks there. And it says they had overcome the beast, they had overcome his uh, image, 
his mark and the number of his name. And they stood on the sea of glass and had harps of gold. And they sing this song. Would they sing? It says they sang the song of Moses. Let me go read that. What did they sing? It says they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. You realize those folks up there in heaven sitting on that sea of glass and overcome the beast and his image, his mark, and number of his name and had harps there? They sang a song of praise of a temporal deliverance. They sang the song of Moses. You want to read that song? Go to Exodus 15. They're up there, a blood-washed throng, are praising God for temporal deliverance that God made for Moses and the host. And he's also singing the song of the Lamb. You want to see the song of the Lamb? You can go to Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. You're going to find the four beasts and the four children of elders. They fall down and worship the Lamb. And they sing a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to loose the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. There's an eternal deliverance. They're praising God for this eternal deliverance through the Lord Jesus Christ. But they're also singing the song of Moses, the servant of God. For his temporal deliverances. There's eternal salvation taught in the Word of God. There's temporal deliverance taught in the Word of God. And they both give God the glory and praise for all of it. I'm going to tell you what, the Lord still delivers us now. You go over there in Second Second uh, Corinthians chapter Second uh, Corinthians chapter one. You'll find the apostle Paul. It says over there that he was he was uh, he came to a position and point in his life through all the persecution that he endured that he was uh, uh, he says that he had the sentence he despaired of life. You ever been in a position where you despaired of life? I have. I have. I've been so low before, I just said, someone dig a hole, bear me in it. That's right. Have you been that I, I've been that low. I told the preacher that. I told the preacher that. I said, I, 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 I just sent someone, you know, just dig a hole, bear me in it. Of course, he was all concerned because he thought I was suicidal or something. Why would I do that? God says that shall not kill. Why would I do that? I didn't say I had forsaken the Lord. I was just telling him how I felt. And I learned something that day. I'm thinking, okay. I didn't have any ideas of taking my own life. Why would I? God says thou shalt not kill. I was trying to be faithful to God. You know, I mean, I, I, nothing had changed with my commitment to God's ways. God's commandments, none of that had changed. But you know what? I learned I couldn't control how I felt. I was in a dark place. I'd just soon die. Just because someone's in a place where he just soon die doesn't mean he's suicidal. I wasn't. Why would I do that? God said don't do it. But I'd just soon go. Paul was in such a place. It says he despaired even of life. He says in verse 8, For you would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. 
He says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. Oh, by, by the way, go back to my, I'm just going to say this about my experience. When I, I despaired of life, I just assumed someone dig a hole, throw me in it, and cover me up. I felt bad, real bad. I was really low in this experience I had. <clears throat> and I thought I had kind of, you know, you know, we think we, you know, I kind of thought I had mastered being content in whatsoever state. I mean, Lord taught me some things that day. <clears throat> One thing is that sometimes you know we can't control how we feel. We can't control. I mean, you can have some feelings that go over you. You're not going to be able to control the horrible way that you feel. And having control over that. But you know what I'm responsible for is how I handle it. How I handle it. And I thought I was always, you know, I always thought, you know, I've learned to be content, you know, and things come, trial, tribulation. And I was thinking, man, and it dawned on me, Vince, you feel horrible. But you know what? You need to be content. In the state that you're in right now. You trust in the Lord. And you wait upon the Lord. You pray to the Lord. And you know what? I didn't always stay in that place. The Lord delivered me. The Lord delivered me. He saved me. From the condition. That low condition. That I was in. There's salvation right there brother. That's why Paul says we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not learn not to trust in ourselves but in Him. There's a reason that God would suffer me to be in such a low condition. If you get in a low condition, you be sure you're not alone. The God's still there. But He suffered you to be in a low condition. He's not going to forsake you. He's there even in your low condition. And there may be a lesson there that you learn not to trust in self. But you just start trusting in God. You know what Job said? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Paul said there was a lesson to be learned in the school of life. You remember over there where he talks about contentment? He says, I've learned. This isn't something you get through the new birth, brother. This isn't something you learn through the through regeneration where you have spiritual life. Oh, no, you learn some things. I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know how to be hungry, to be full. You know, to have plenty, to suffer need. He says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That's part of the lesson. See, I can't do of my own. God has to take care of me. Or I'll, And this is true. If God doesn't take care of you in life, you're not going to be taken care of. He's the only one that's going to take care of you. But He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you and He'll provide for your needs. Though you may go through the waters and it feels like, you know, it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He talks about there in uh, in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 42, uh, uh, verse, verse 3, I believe. 
He says, uh, 43 verse 2, He says, When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. You may feel like you're about to drown with your problems, your trials, your low condition. You're about to drown. But it's not going to drown you. When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou passest through the waters, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall a flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, thy Savior. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. So we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper. He said, be content with such things as you have. This is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. See, the Lord's always going to be with you. He's not going to forsake you. It means He's always going to take care of you. And my friends, you may be you may be in a situation in life where you're standing by yourself for the truth. God will never forsake you. You remember that, especially young young folks. All the peer pressure today we see, you know, try people try to get you on the wrong way. You stand for God's truth, even if no one else is standing for you. The Lord will never forsake you. He'll always stand behind you and support you. And Paul knew that. You go to second, uh, I think second Timothy chapter last verse. He talks about the trouble that came to him in Asia. Oh, this talk about the trouble he had against Asia. He says, uh, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him. The, uh, I don't know what verse it is. You go read, uh, second Timothy chapter, uh, last, last chapter. He says, Alexander, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. <clears throat> he says, beware, of whom be thou where also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. He says, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Have you ever been in that place? No man, at first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Nevertheless, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. The Lord will never let you down. Don't you ever forget it. Don't give up on the Lord, because He's promised to never give up on you. But Paul says, I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Alright? I didn't mean to spend all that time saying all that. But let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, 1. He says, there was a, there, Paul, he was in such a low state, but yet, he understood that he was in God's school. Because he says over in Philippians, I've learned in what sort of state I am therewith to be content. He says, I've learned in whatsoever things. He says, everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed. We're instructed in life. God was teaching him a lesson. Even for him to be in such a low condition, he says, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. There's the lesson. But in God, which raiseth the dead. Verse 10 is what I want. He says, who delivered us from such great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust, he will yet deliver us. There's three salvations right there. God delivered us in the eternal salvation. He he put away sin. He he destroyed death. Hell in the grave, if you will. He delivered us. But He doth deliver. He's still delivering you and I today. He can deliver a uh, Jonah out of the well of a belly. He can deliver Paul right here from being such a low condition. But He will yet deliver us. One of these days He's going to come and deliver us. And we're going to go be with Him where He is. Alright? He's a God that hath delivered, 
doth deliver, and yet will deliver us, because He's a God of salvation. All right. <clears throat> I got to about half of what I wanted to today. I'm going to close there because we're out of we're out of time. But my friends, there are temporal deliverances taught in the Word of God. Let me just give you a few because I close. Job chapter five verse fifteen it talks about the Lord. He says, "He saveth the poor." From the sword. There's a lot of things God can save us from. He says, He delivereth the poor from the sword and from their mouth. And if you look in the context, He's talking about the wise and froward person. There, he says, He saves the poor from the froward mouth and from the arm of the mighty. There's three things that God saves them from. And not a one of them's eternal. It's here in time. Alright? Go with me to Psalms 118 verse 6. And it says there, uh, the psalmist says that the Lord delivered. He said He delivereth. The Lord delivers my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. There's three different things. See, God can save us from a lot of stuff. And I'll close by just quoting a few scriptures here in uh, reading a few scriptures here in, Math, in, in Psalms chapter 34, verse 4. We find the psalmist David says this. He says, I sought the Lord. Oh man, I wanted to get back to James. I have to do that another time. You can save a soul from death of your brethren who err from the truth. And I don't have time to get into that. I'm going to, I said I was going to stop. I am. Psalms 34, verse 4 says, I sought the Lord. You know, the Bible says over there in Romans chapter 3, He says, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeketh. There's, there's none, none that understand. There's none that seeketh after God. In our natural state, there's none that seeketh after God, is there? David says he sought the Lord. Sounds like he's already a born again child of God, right? He's not a just natural man. He's spiritual. But God saves spiritual folks too with temporal deliverances. He says, I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. He saved him from his fears. Lord ever saved you from fears? He says over here in verse 17, The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the Lord, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. God saves us from fears. He saves us from trouble. He saves us from afflictions. He saves us uh, from, from a variety of things. You know why? Because He loves you. You're His children. He takes care of you. He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you. That means He's always with you. And He's always going to take care of you. He can deliver you from tears. He can deliver you from your afflictions, from your fears, your persecutions, trials, tribulations, all these different things. Because He loves you and He takes care of you and He delivers you daily. May God bless you is my prayer.